This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, Carm Capriato, the Service Aftermarket's podcast pioneer. Join me each week for aftermarket insights from my guest host and an industry first, a virtual shop tour. Use the industry's premier podcast as your personal networking resource. And as always, know that you'll learn one thing. The video for this show is on the Aftermarket Weekly page on RemarkableResults.biz or on my YouTube channel. Jim Shookus from Jimmy's Automotive in Streetsboro, Ohio. You're not too far from me. No, not Buffalo's not too far. No. Well, glad you're here. Can't wait to see uh, the tour of your facility. And um, I think we have a picture of the shop we're going to see, if we could put it up. Nice. It looks like you're kind of off the side road somewhere. No, that's not a main road, actually. Uh, that picture doesn't show the, the construction. The road's under construction right now. They're putting in a city sewer, sidewalk, turning lane, the whole nine yards. So pretty big project. I will tell you something. We've heard some incredible stories of how those road closings really can hurt a business. You guys okay? Carmen, we're literally setting records month after month after month. So it's knock on wood. It has not hurt the sales whatsoever. Let's get a high five uh, notification here for our great partner. Hey, we all know that fixing cars is different than how the OE builds them. Now, take fuel lines, for instance. Fuel lines run and rust along with the chassis of the vehicle by nature. Now, especially in the colder months, trucks can be exposed to snow, salt, or rain, causing failure due to the corroded fittings deterioration in the line. Now, to help you and your wallet, Dorman Products' team of engineers have redesigned the typical fuel line Introducing Dorman's Flexible Stainless Steel Braided Fuel Lines. Made from braided stainless steel over flexible PTFE tubing, this upgraded material features a corrosion-resistant design. Each fuel line is an exact fit with the dimensions of each application. Now, improved durability is the highlight of this new design. This innovation is a Dorman OE fix, which means it's something that the original manufacturer doesn't offer. These fuel lines are quality assured and backed by their team of product experts and more than a century of automotive experience. Hey, want to learn more about Dorman's innovations? Visit dormanproducts.com forward slash tour. So, uh, Jim, you were with us with an episode with Corey Avaldi, and when we were talking about recovering from a wrong service advisor hire, that was an excellent episode. Thank you so much for being on to do that. I was happy, happy to do it. Let's jump into some discussion on what's been going on at your end of the world, Jim. I know that uh, you've had uh, some growing pains. So we've had unprecedented growth over the past couple of years, especially in the last year, uh, even with the COVID restrictions that were in place, uh, even with the road construction that's been going on for about a year now. We struggled to keep up, frankly. I had three technicians, but essentially it was probably running with one and a half technicians, really. It took a while to find a guy, and I got lucky and found a guy with a street sign of all things that we use to try to get somebody in here. Uh, and he immediately started billing some hours a number of months ago. And that affected a lot of things. It affected our effective labor rates, billable hours, net profits, everything. But we've just, we haven't been able to get the, the processes into place strong enough to help with the workflow. It's just, it's been chaotic at times uh, with scheduling, not used to having it, not used to making that many appointments not knowing where to draw the line on appointments because we don't like to say no to any work, right? But now we've really got to start paying attention to technician strengths when it comes to scheduling, going through the inspections at a quicker pace, getting the inspections over to the customers, getting the estimates done. 
And then with all the issues we're having these days with parts availability, I'm spending more time than ever looking up parts just to try to complete estimates. And the rest of my front office is kind of inexperienced. So I'm training another guy who wants to take the business over one day. And he's completely, I pulled him out of the shop when I hired the technician. So he's at the very beginning process. So he, he's as green as they can get. And my other service writer can't handle the load because we're so busy. So unfortunately, I've had to take a step or two back to get in more as a full-time service writer until I get these guys properly trained. So, But frankly, some of that two steps forward, one step back sometimes isn't a bad thing because you push yourself a little bit, the team pushes themselves, and then you kind of if you will, regroup before you launch forward again. Is that kind of how it's working for you? It's working that way. But I mean, but I've spent, I've been in business 22 years and I've made enough mistakes, Carm, that I've, I've gone one step forward and two steps back a couple of times. So it's, it's nothing new to me. I believe that the end result is going to be worth the aggravation. And it's a good problem to have. I mean, we're, I mean, the sales are just, they're crazy. So at the end of the day, when my wife's no longer mad at me because I can't call her during the day and the dog's not mad at me because I can't spend time with the dog, uh, at the end of the day, it's all worth it. Because now I, I know that at some point in time, when I decide to walk away from this business, I'm not going to just sell off my depleted equipment. There's going to be value to my business. And someone, if it's not the guy that I'm grooming right now, somebody's going to come in and buy this business. So it's all going to be worth it in the long run. It's just, I've got to work a little bit harder. I'm not, that's not something that uh, I haven't done in the past. I'm just, I'm getting to the point where I want to step away from the business, but I'm just going to have to work a little harder to get there. That's all. Jim, are you typically an optimistic person? Probably not. On the outside, I'm probably, I come across as pessimistic, but on the inside, I know that I, I mean, I know that I can do whatever I need to do if I put my mind to it, but I, I come across as negative probably. Well, the reason that I asked is that you were describing all these challenges that you're having and you didn't do a woe is me. Oh my God. You seem to be very energetic and optimistic. I do the woe is me to myself. I might verbalize it and piss and moan sometimes, but I'm a guy that gets things done one way or the other. I seem to work best under pressure too. I'll wait to the last minute to make decisions. I've never had a problem with making a decision when I need to. I probably could be a little better about it, a little quicker about it, but I tend to solve problems fairly quick. So I'm pretty lucky in that respect. I'm like you, Jim, when it comes to the pressure. When the pressure's on, the performance almost seems to go to a new level you never realized you had. Definitely does that for me, for sure. And the other thing about the working under pressure, you go over, for me, and, and tell me if very similar, you go over and over and in your mind what you know you have to do, who's got to step to the plate, what the timeline is, even though the timeline may be a week away. Now you're three or four days away from a critical moment or a timeline. And because you've rehearsed it over and over in your head, it almost seems like it's soft butter when you get there. Yeah, but I should probably find a way to try to execute those plans a little quicker. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, everything always comes together great, but I'd like it to be a little little smoother. But uh, but I'm, I'm pretty similar in that respect, Carmen, yeah. Continued success. There's no doubt you're talking about success or you're talking about all the great challenges that you have. You're booked way out. Business is great. So anyone who would say, I've got uh, growing pains, growing pains in your case are good. 
Definitely good. So good. Hey, thank you for that quick little lesson for the entire world. No doubt there's thousands of people out there that are going to be able to relate to what you just said. Hey, we've uh, been working really hard with some great new listens for all of you. Great collective think tank from uh, three great guys, Gene Morrell, uh, Jim Murphy, and uh, Joe Marconi, uh, episode 759. That was a great episode. And then Incentive Pay Ideas for Technicians was from this past Thursday. We had a great Town Hall Academy. Matt Fonslow's episode was Observations from a Family Vacation and Hunt Demarest Entity Choices, Taxation and Legal Protection. That was an outstanding, all of these were outstanding episodes. And we launched this weekend, brand new podcast uh, show from Kim and Brian Walker. Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. We're going to start promoting that pretty heavy soon. So keep an eye out for that. So I think we're about ready to go out and see the virtual shop tour, Jim. Thank you so much for spending time with Tracy to get this thing launched. So there's the road construction, as you can see. I'm not going to complain. The numbers are just insane. So no complaints. That's the front of the building there, obviously. So this building was never designed to be an auto repair shop. Uh, this is the front office. We're going to get the key drop there. Uh, it's a small front office, but we keep it super clean. Got a nice coffee station, a snack station there. Got the uh, AutoNet TV up in the corner. A little waiting area for the customers. I uh, see a lot more waiters than, uh, than I like with the size of the space here. Let's talk about that because the trend seems to be way against waiters, not because you choose or maybe some of the strategies of shops are as to, you know, give a loaner car out. But why more waiters? I don't know. I guess it's just convenience. There's a lot of quick lube places out there that are, that are doing that kind of service. So, I mean, we typically limit the waiting service to in and out service like oil changes, maybe an air conditioning service or tires. But anything else, we generally discourage waiting. I've got three loaner vehicles right now, so those are on the road quite a bit. Especially now, as busy as we are, it's hard to accommodate the waiters because you can't sell the waiters any work if they need it because you don't have any time. So it's kind of counterproductive. I'd have, in a perfect world, I'd have no waiters at all, but that would make our lives easier. I don't want to say no to some good customers who've been coming here for 15, 20 years if they want to wait for an oil change. So we just try to limit the number of waiters we have a day. You know, I'll try to limit it to two or three or four, and I'll space a couple hours in between the waiters so we're not double stacking my lube tech up. Do your people know that there's a waiter? We use an app at Tracks Enterprise and we color coordinate everything. So they automatically know when we look at the calendar if there's a waiter or not. Plus, we announce it early in the morning. If I have two or three waiters, if they're all oil changes, I'll let my lube tech know first thing in the morning. You've got a waiter at 9, you've got a waiter at 12, and you've got a waiter at 3. And I make sure they have the paperwork beforehand so they know what's coming up. You know, in the shop, it looks like you can actually bring in another vehicle behind where the lift is. Can you do that? On this side of the shop, you can. So that... The bays are deep. Uh, like I said, this if you keep panning to the right, there's a lift in the corner. My office here, the front office, none of that stuff was here when I got here. So we squeezed the lift in around a corner there. Um, and there's enough room to pull a car in behind her, which we'll do for AC services, uh, fluid exchanges. And on the other side of the shop, we've got the drive-on lift. And there's room over there, too. I'm trying to find a way to squeeze another lift in over there, but it's proven to be difficult. So, so you have an additional fourth bay on the other side. Uh, correct. The way the building was designed, there's a firewall between the two units, and it's just I'd have to put another door on the front of the building, and it would cut into parking space. It was not to, so. This is my little office back here. It's kind of in disarray right now because I used to have one desk back here, and I got rid of the desk and 
put another workstation in there for the guy I just pulled out of the shop. So a lot of chaos. So all this is going on while I'm trying to run the shop at the same time. So it's been a chaotic couple of months. Wow. I see. I see the college stress or pressure that you are you are under. That's our truck lift right here. So we try to stay away from anything over one ton. We're getting more fleet business all of a sudden. So getting a lot of fleet service, we got to use that base. So that base stays pretty busy. This is kind of my inventory area. It's kind of chaotic as well. The restroom we're coming up on is the restroom that customers use. It gets a lot of use, keeping it as clean as possible. But I don't like having the restroom detached from the front office. But again, the bones of this building, that's Ron sitting on his chair over in the corner there. The bones of this building were here long before I got here. And If I would have been doing 20 years ago what I'm doing today, I probably would have torn the building down and started from scratch by now, Carm. But we're not going to tackle that at this point in time. Do you own it, Jim? I own the building and the business, yeah, it's all paid off. So that's why I'm reluctant to do anything crazy. Just bought that 14,000-pound alignment rack there. Need to upgrade that. It's a nice lift. And various equipment over there. That's the dumpster, obviously, from the building. I know how busy you are and how chaotic it is. And so I so thank you for coming and, and giving us this tour and, you know, just having a chat with me. Is that a loaner truck? So that's a little Scion XP. We've got three of those. Getting ready to start to upgrade those, I think, because they're getting kind of worn out. But uh, they're on the road now stop can't keep them uh, off the road is streetsboro a, a really big town or more country it's close to the turnpike turnpike runs right through streetsboro another major freeway runs pretty close to streetsboro there's a 30 35,000 population but there's a number of suburbs directly around it so there's plenty of traffic in the area and the road we're on is one of the busiest two-lane highways in the state they put the high school in a couple of years ago across the street. I think that's added some value to the property as well. And we got a little more exposure uh, as a result of the high school as well. Do you have enough property to build a, a brand new unit? I've got probably an acre and a half. I have a rental house on the property that's rented out. There was a lot next door to me that I should have bought years ago, but I didn't. And if I had at some point in time, I probably would have rebuilt. But, you know, and years ago, I, I thought that I needed to, Carm. But now that uh, we're doing the kind of numbers that I, I never thought we would do, and we're still not at 100% capacity when productivity-wise. We still have enough room for improvement. I think once we get everything dialed in, there's still a lot of room for improvement there. So we're getting by with what we have. So if I were 10 or 15 years younger, there might be a different conversation. But uh, 56 now, and I, I want to start getting prepped for stepping away from the business. So You got a five- to eight-year plan? A five-year plan to take a paycheck and not be here. Maybe 10 years to sell it off to the guy that I'm training right now. And he's got a lot of work to do, but he he's definitely, he's all in 100%. And I'm not a good teacher. I'm a, I'm a hard guy to deal with because I don't like training people. So uh, I told him up front, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hard and I'm not going to pull any punches. And he's taking every bit of it. So Hey, Jim, get him a coach so that you don't have to uh, do all that a fluid transfer, if you will. Well, so we work with Dave Justice at a repair shop at tomorrow, and, and they've actually got training modules now with their program, and we've been so busy, I can't even figure out how to log in and get them on the training modules, but uh, we're working on it. But yeah, I absolutely will have Dave involved. Yeah, good. Well, great. He's a great guy. It's a great, great company. So you've got a high school across from you. Have you ever gone over there and said, hey, I'm looking for an intern? No, we actually have a uh, vocational school the next town over. They had a couple of interns coming by looking for internships, but they want 15, 20 bucks an hour now for internships. And I'm not ready to ready to pay that for an intern at this point in time. So, and I, frankly, Carm, I don't have the patience to train them. I, I, I don't know if I, or to leave them in the shop. I don't think my techs would have the time at this point in time. We're not running smooth enough to take that step right now. We're running 
on a, a scale of one to 10, we're running about a six and a half or seven as far as smoothness. So that needs to be cleaned up before I even consider that. It's time to educate, delegate, and measure. It's a hard transition from Bill Connor to Auto Vitals. Thank you, Bill, for that. And, you, and he, he's so right. And your five-year plan, in my mind, Accelerated to two and a half, so that you. <laughs> well, so it could be. Far. I mean, Your stress level needs to come down, baby. It could be. I mean, that, that's the idea I have in my head. Five years, but uh, we had some issues with my current service writer as well. She felt that I was trying to replace her by bringing this guy in and training him. So we had to deal with all this drama that created some issues. All while we were just completely swamped, so I had to take some responsibility away from her for a while, which put more responsibility on my shoulders. I came close to letting her go. I couldn't put myself in a position where I was training two brand new people at the same time. It was just so. There's just a lot of stuff going on that I prefer to not have to deal with right now. So, what do you do to just to bust that stress? I mean, do you count to ten? Do you just go out of the building, walk around it? Do you? What do you do? At the end of the day, my stress level disappears. I go home. I ask my wife just to leave me alone for five or ten minutes, grab a glass of ice water, and just sit and just relax in the AC for a couple of minutes. I don't take my work home with me. So when I leave, it's done. And at work, I, it may be chaotic, but at the end of the day, it's the end of the day. And tomorrow's another day. I, I just don't I don't let it brew after work. Well, thank you so much for sharing. There's, a, as I said earlier, thousands of people out there that can totally relate to what's going on in your world. And who knows, you've probably got a ton of friends who'd be saying, Jim, here's how I deal with it. But I love, how far is work from home? 10 minute ride? 20, 25 minutes. That's a good calm down moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice peaceful ride. I live out, we moved out to the, what I'll call the country uh, a year and a half ago. And uh, I passed one gas station and, and one dollar general store and the rest is all farmland. So it's a nice ride. That's kind of where I live. Yep. If the small town has a dollar general, it's a small town. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, Jim Shuckus, thank you so much from Jimmy's Automotive in Streetsboro, Ohio. It was a great tour, great small business. And uh, there's no doubt, man, you're going to, You're going to be riding the crest like a surfer on the biggest wave here any day now. We're close to doing our first million a year in sales this year, so I'm hoping we're going to hit it. It's been a rough ride, but it's been a fun ride as well, and I'm uh, glad to be on the show with you, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 